0: Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio.
1: What's going on? And welcome to another... Thursday night of Racing Conversation here on Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is Training for a Better Life. We'll tell you all about them a little bit later on. It is a good feeling to be back after a week away that was not exactly anticipated, but I'm not going to lie, I still had fun because I ended up at a racetrack last thursday night so i'll I'll take bristol throwdown for a thousand and dirt in my hair and my teeth and parts that i didn't realize you could find dirty and afterwards and and You know, had some fun there, but glad to be back here in front of a production board with a microphone in hand, ready to talk racing, Tom. I feel like we picked a good week to uh, recap because we kind of were at Talladega last weekend, and that kind of means we have a lot to talk about, and that's not even considering the fact that we had a little bit of news on the Newswire this week.
2: Well, yeah, we've got a we've got a full show here of just news uh, between reviewing Talladega, previewing Kansas, and uh, talking about all the other motorsports topics we want to hit. Plus, of course, a special guest, Ayrton Hout, going to be joining us a little later on, one of the Road to Indy racers, uh, going to talk about what he's up to this year, too. So uh, we've got a lot to uh, get through on this show. Indeed. So we've got
1: myself, we've got Tom Baker, who you just heard from at the round table. We have Peter Strada from TSJ Sports, and we have Seth Eggert from Kicking the Tires, because, well, Peter, Noah's off getting all final exam prepped and and such, and, you know, that, that doesn't... Finals week isn't necessarily conducive with this kind of madness. It's a different kind of madness that he's dealing with.
3: A different kind of madness, indeed. He's just wrapping up a couple of his last assignments and studying for a whole week of exams he has next week. But me, being a senior, my schedule's a lot less uh, stringent, so I'm glad to be here tonight.
1: Is that the part where you say I'm just ready to be done?
3: Pretty much, yeah. I'm counting down the hours to like graduate <laughs> next Saturday,
1: and we're excited about that. So maybe next week's show, well, I'll have to find the little graduation march, and we we can celebrate ahead of time. You know, all all that is uh, well and good. So uh, we have a lot of things to get to, as Tom said. But first, we have to do a little business, so we'll step away, do that, and really get the madness kicked into high gear right after these words.
4: You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up your career.
1: Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman joined by Tom Baker, Peter Stratus, Seth Egger. We are all gathered around the proverbial Motorsports Roundtable to talk racing like we do every week. And if I could apply, Tom, a theme to this week on the Newswire, I feel like today is throwback day because i think we've had about six of them over the course of the last two or three hours so i'll put everybody on the spot and we'll go around the table to start tom then peter then seth what is your favorite darlington throwback that has been revealed ahead of next week at the track Too tough to tame
2: i'm going to let the other guys go first i want to hear
1: their answers Oh, you're no fun. All right, Peter, fine. Since he's passed the buck, you're up.
3: My favorite so far has to be William Byron's Valvoline throwback. I believe it's to Neil Bonnet. I just love how the number font matches the original number 75 scheme, and the Valvoline colors always look good on any race car.
9: For me, I would have to go with Timmy Hill's Truck Series throwback to Kenny Irwin Jr. Neil. The- it's the Ray Bess's Colors with the uh, Lift for lift Kits for Less uh, truck that uh, Timmy will be driving. Anything to Kenny Irwin Jr., Adam Petty, any of the drivers from especially 2000 that we've lost, always love throwbacks to them.
1: I'm going to be okay. partial to—sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just—I've i, I I've been struggling with my own question all day and just literally had an answer pop in, so I wanted to say mine before I forget about it. I'm partial to another Hendrick throwback, but it's not William Byron. It's actually a car that um, I didn't get to see race in person, but I saw it on video. Went a lot of races a few years ago. Kyle Larson's throwback to the very first Outlaw cart that he ran in his entire career— The way they uh, modified the HendrickCars.com font to really reflect the original uh, Magic Motorsports logo that Kyle and his family had on the cart uh, when Kyle was a kid, to me, I I like the really old-school feel of it. Not that I'm not partial to some of the NASCAR throwbacks, too, in different ways, but I just think it was really creative how they pulled the look off of that particular throwback. For me, uh, that's one that kind of struck a chord, and I'm a dirt guy, so any throwback to a dirt car, Tom, is always fun with me. So now that you've heard ours, what do you got?
2: Well, I actually was kind of torn, and that's why I wanted to hear what you guys had to say because I love the Byron one for a number of reasons, but I also like the Michael Annette Gatorade um, car because I just think that is the coolest-looking thing, and I like the number one. I like the font of that. I just like the style. Um, I don't, you know, I, I really feel like Byron's, I probably like Byron's the best, but I like the Gatorade uh, car one, two in the Xfinity series. I think that's, that's wicked cool. Meanwhile, I'm taking it upon this
1: roundtable for all of us to throw a unanimous black flag. I, I don't even think I have to ask Peter and Seth. I know they're going to agree with me on this. A unanimous black flag on JTG Doherty Racing calling Ricky Stenhouse's quote-unquote throwback a throwback. That is not a throwback at all to Ricky Craven's Tide Scheme. It is a modern-era scheme with a gradient that kind of works similar to how Ricky's car was in 2003. Turn the car orange if you want to call it a throwback and then get back to me. I'm sorry. I'm not—anytime somebody uses the word throwback when it's not an actual throwback— I get up on my soapbox, so no, JTG, you do not get anything but a black flag for that verbiage and that scheme. I'm not a fan, sorry, just meh.
9: And I'm going to add Joe Gibbs Racing's uh, Martin Tricks Jr. for Auto Owners Insurance. Uh, The throwback that they're calling a throwback, which is, again, another modern era scheme, it's just a blue car. It's not even a throwback to anyone or anything. So at least there's company for Ricky Stenhouse Jr.
1: Can we mandate, can, like, can we mandate, Tom, wh- throwback weekend, you have to run an actual throwback scheme? Can we make that a law? We should, and
2: I was going to go exactly where Seth went, because my feeling is that at least Stenhouse is basically, at least it says tied, right? I mean, it's, it's, this isn't uh, rocket science here. It's not, an, it's not an actual throwback, and I agree with you totally. But I was going to go right where, where Seth did because the Joe Gibbs one with, um, with the auto owner's insurance has nothing to do with anything, I don't think. So it's almost like they just kind of uh, passed on the whole throwback idea. So, Peter, I'm not buying the, the, the Truex one at all.
3: I'm not buying either of those two schemes either. If you reverse the gradient on the Stanhouse car, where it's orange up front and then fades to blue, maybe you call that half a throwback. But what will be on track next week, I'm just not a fan of. And I think the Truex team, they're trying to go furniture row style scheme, but with the auto owner's two-tone blue, that just doesn't work at all. And I truly think that whoever went, has the best throwback, voted on by the fans, should get a playoff bonus point just for the heck of it.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure that I would give them a playoff bonus point, but maybe like a thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks, something you know, some some sort of cash <laughs> prize for for best throwback. I feel like would be uh, would would be a legitimate there.
9: Or maybe let them pick. Uh a uh, pit stall selection one spot early or something like that.
1: Something, something like that. Something fun. Anyhow, yeah, there's, there's been a lot. And Tom brought up a scheme that I hadn't thought about, but uh, I, I definitely uh, agree that the Michael Annette Gator... My, uh, what is it about Michael Annette's team having some of the best throwbacks every year? They did the Oreo car... Uh, either last year or the year before, they've got the Gatorade car, Tom, and that team and Junior Motorsports in general is always brings their A plus game when it comes to Throwback Weekend.
2: Junior takes it seriously. Junior's all about the history, and he loves it, and he lives it, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's why you see them put the effort into that that they do Um, you know and I wish all the teams would do that because honestly and I think most of them do or at least they try and it gets kind of hard after after a time because obviously you start repeating certain throwbacks um, you know but it's it's just cool when something unique comes up like that and I'm surprised we haven't seen a Gatorade throwback before honestly but um, you know it it I think it works perfect for Michael and Junior because you can probably uh, tie it to Michael's regular sponsor and do some sort of an in-store promotion
1: there. Absolutely. Uh, when you think about pilot Fly, and J and some of the uh, the business-to-business uh, product re- or vendor relationships there, certainly makes it good. Seth, I'll add a bonus throwback scheme in here, and you, your brain may have snapped right to where I was going. This one won't be on track at Darlington. It will, however, be on track virtually. Dale Jr.'s throwback scheme for the E-NASCAR Pro Invitational... Yes, 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 yes. Can somebody please turn that into a real-life scheme like yesterday?
9: Yes, it's basically the Wrangler car, except for uh, Hellman's, if I remember correctly. But it is a beautiful-looking car. And the other one I was going to point to, one truck senior driver is not thrown back to an actual car, but rather to a movie car. Uh, Tyler Ankrum thrown back to Ricky Bobby, which unfortunately for Ankrum, the way his season has been going I think he might be taking the if you're if you ain't first, your last motto a little too serious, like at this point.
1: I will say, though, the Wonder Bread colors, they made it look really good on that truck. GMS is another team that always brings their A game to throwback weekend the last couple of years. Uh, although I will say, Zane Smith throwing back to Glenn Wood has me totally spun out, Tom, because I can't visualize any Wood Brothers scheme ever on anything but a Ford. It's like, eh, it's tripping me out.
2: well yeah two things uh i also love zane's throwback uh, because i'm a huge wood brothers fan and always have been and at the same time uh my only comment about the tyler ankrum deal is if he wins i surely hope that he does not do the down to boxers trick in victory lane. (laughs) please dear god no (laughs)
1: I am not even going to go there. Anyway, with that said, we're up against a commercial break, so we're going to take that and maybe spare our sanity just a little bit. When we come back, even more madness here, uh, so don't go anywhere more after this. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Seth Eggert, Peter Strata, Tom Baker with you on tonight's program. As we uh, look back on Talladega, look ahead towards the land of Dorothy and Toto, and are joined coming up in just a little bit by Ayrton Houck, who uh, among his recent accolades picked up a win in uh, one of the series that's very close to my heart because I've been able to cover and uh, even call a couple of their races over uh, over the years uh, with the uh, Kenyon Midget Series that Don and Mel Kenyon um, manage. Uh, Ayrton picking up a win at Anderson Speedway in Indiana uh, not too long ago. So we'll hear from him coming up before the end of this hour right now. However, we are going to look back on Talladega I will go to Seth Eggert first. Takeaways from the cup race are what?
9: At least only one car flipped uh, with the way they were racing. I'm sorry to Joey Logano. Thank God he was okay. But I almost feel like they have the only thing they haven't tried to keep the cars on the ground is slowing the speeds down dramatically. But at the same time, I don't think that will happen, at least not with this car, maybe with the next-gen car.
1: I think it's possible that we could see uh, could see the next-gen car make a difference there, Tom. But uh, Seth referenced Joey's flip. Joey was very, 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 very strong-worded about said flip afterwards, and uh, not not exactly nice when he came out of the care center.
2: Well... Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is I don't feel like, I mean, I think people, because it's Joey, I think people, uh, overreact and malign what he says and whatever. But, you know, this was really just Joey joining the chorus that so many other drivers have been singing for a number of years about pack racing. This wasn't, this was purely about the pack racing, the pushing, all of that and i think that we've all been looking you know i say we at nascar and the drivers and whatever they've all been looking for answers as to how to eliminate it but really the truth is nascar has been doing it wrong for for a while in my opinion which is you know i think this is not necessarily just a speed issue it's it's actually an issue of Downforce and arrow. I mean, it's you know you've got to give the drivers, and again, I think you know they're hoping that the next gen car will do this because it's too late for this car. You got to give the drivers control back to be able to pass with the pedals instead of having to use the air to do it. You know, and and I think a lot of the reasons why you're seeing you know cars get up in the air has to do with the. The, the big spoiler and the, and you know, and, and just the general down downforce package that they're running now. Um, and it seems to usually occur, not when somebody just spins sideways, but when they get hit. And so, you know, it's, it's probably a more complex problem than, you know, NASCAR is going to tackle for the, you know, there's only two more super speedway races with this car. And then we go to the um, next gen car next year, Jacob. So I'm, I'm, pretty um convinced that they're going to be looking to next year's car and again the way to to avoid a lot of this is just you know to be able to get rid of the pack racing and go back to a form of racing where you can actually run down a car in front of you pull out with your 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 pedal and pass them and to do that they may need to find a way to give some horsepower back too so you know this is going to be a combination of of um you know, of of getting the downforce package right in the new car and and making it work with the horsepower and the tires in order to uh to make for better racing on these um, you know, mile, mile and a half, two and a half mile tracks. That being
1: said, Peter Strada, two part question for you. One, are we surprised that Brad Keslowski picked up his sixth win at Talladega? And two, are we disappointed that he broke Matt De Benedetto's heart to do it? Are we
3: surprised? No. Kozlowski's debatably the best super speedway racer there is today. He's 1A, 1B with Denny Hamlin. Certainly the best at Talladega today. I mean, he has five previous wins there. He certainly knows how to get around the Alabama super speedway. And are we disappointed he had to beat DiBenedetto to do it? Absolutely. Jacob, you and I were both at Orange County Speedway this weekend, and I'm sure we were both watching the finish, hoping Benedetto could finally pull off that maiden victory, finally get the Wood Brothers' 100th win, and he came within a half a lap of getting it done. Just He jumped up to block the high lane right at the white flag, and that lane just fell apart right behind him.
1: Now, hang on a minute. I, I feel like Tom is sitting in the corner offended now, Peter. It wasn't just the two of us that were at Orange County. Tom was there, too. I at least got to say hi to you, didn't I, Tom?
2: Well, I wasn't offended but because I understood the larger point that Peter was trying to make. But, yes, we did all connect over the weekend while Peter and I and Noah Lewis were calling the Carolina Pro Race and you were doing your, uh, your work. Um, so... Uh, It was, yeah, and I think we're all kind of hoping that Matty D would win. And unfortunately, um, you know, at the end of the race, the teammates went for the win. And uh, Tyler Reddick just made a a big mistake. (laughs) And so uh, Matty D just basically chose the wrong um wrong lane and uh it did work out for him but hopefully at some point jacob uh, that hundredth win happens this year i pray that for both the wood brothers and for maddie because boy matt's worked awfully hard to get a cup win and he's done everything but make that happen so um hopefully maybe uh at some point this year we'll see him in victory lane and that will be a heck of a party
1: I feel like, Seth, at this point, it's only a matter of time, isn't it? I mean, they, they're getting better, getting better, getting better. It, yeah, it was a disastrous start to the season for the 21 team, but I feel like they're finally starting to hit on all cylinders in a in a bigger way than what they have been.
9: Yeah, I think they finally went to uh, the luck bank, so to speak, and uh, are finally actually getting their act together. Uh, granted, some of it has not been their making, some of it has been their making and ultimately they are moving in the right direction although i do want to point this one tidbit out as far as brian win he now has six wins at talladega in half of those a car went upside down his first win with carl edwards his third win with uh mackenzie going over and this time it was his teammate joey logano going over So he has a batting average of 500 for wins at Talladega with a flip in the race.
5: Well,
1: I'm not sure that's a stat that you want to know, but okay. It's an interesting stat nonetheless. By the way, didn't I mention that today was throwback day? I just found another one. Uh, this from Team Penske, just as we were coming on the air. Ryan Blaney will have advanced auto parts on the car next week at Darlington. And, Tom, you and I are familiar with the car he's throwing back to. It's the super late model that he drove in 2010-2011 down in this neck of the woods in Pass Pro All-Star Series
2: competition, the black and red car. You know, see, okay, he's the second driver then, besides Larson, to actually throw back to... Himself. An- Part of his career. Exactly. The the very first late
1: model that Blaney ever drove. And I want to say he won in that car if not his first pass start, one of his first few, because I, I remember uh, everybody going nuts and, and obviously knowing who Blaney was, but at the same time going, wow, that's impressive. So all that said, I want to go back around the table now. I'll start with Seth again just because I can, and he's the only one of us that wasn't at Orange County on Sunday. Who surprised, outside of DiBenedetto, I'll I'll make that a stipulation, who surprised you on Sunday at Vega? <laughs>
9: Kaz Grala, uh started last, lost the draft a couple of times. Then out of nowhere comes barreling through between uh, Matt DeBenedetto and Eric Jones in the battle for fifth coming to the line. The contact cut Jones' tires, sending the 43 spinning. But where did he come from?
1: To finish sixth. Sixth. All right, Peter. <laughs>
3: My big surprise from Sunday would have to be Bubba Wallace. This is by far the best showing that 2311 has had to date. They won their first stage. They were up front for a lot of laps. They got some pretty incredible onboard footage of Logano flipping, and I think he went from starting last to the lead in about 12 laps. So, except for falling back a bit at the finish, an all-around great day for that 23 DoorDash car.
1: Tom, who you who who's your surprise of Dega?
2: Fast Pasta, Anthony Alfredo with a nice 12th place finish in his rookie year in the 38 car for Front Row Motorsports is my big surprise of Talladega and huge confidence boost for that young man. And that team finished, uh, what, uh, second or third? Where did, I forgot where McDowell finished, but uh, Anthony was 12th. So, uh, yeah, Fast Pasta recovering from a pit box mistake uh, and uh, ending up in the top 15. Great run for him. So, I was, so, you mentioned the
1: driver I'm going with as my surprise, and it's not a surprise that he was contending, just a surprise that even on the last lap, he had a shot to go back-to-back super speedway victories, and that's Michael McDowell. Just I, I As much as I loved the Daytona 500, there was a part of me that hoped it wouldn't be lightning in a bottle and, and felt like it could just as easily be the one-hit wonder thing. So, for me... I was pleasantly surprised because it was awesome to see him be able to back it up, have a shot at maybe getting a second victory on the year. Yeah, it didn't pan out, but good grief. When you look at what that team has done from a point standpoint, I don't think 10 races into the regular season, anybody had them still being inside the the top 15 comfortably in the championship standings and with a great starting position for uh for Kansas this weekend. So a lot of things there that are Really, really looking up, and uh, they actually sent out a press release this week that uh, that stuck out to me uh, that you know they're working on a historic season, and it really feels that way between Todd Gilliland's early, uh, early solid runs in the truck series and what McDowell's doing on the cup side right now. There's more energy around front row motorsports than I think there's ever been at any point in the history of of that team. So with that being said, we're going to step aside, take another break. When we return, Ayrton Houck joins the Madness. Stick around!
7: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
3: Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strata, Seth Eggert, still around the round table. And, Tom, in this segment we are going to hear from Ayrton Houck, who has a uh, very fun story of a couple of different disciplines I know that you uh, got, a, got a chance to dig into with him in this one, including, as I referenced earlier, that Kenyon Midget win at Anderson recently.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's running the Kenyan Midgets, and he's also running an F1600 car um, as he starts the road to Indy, and that is his goal. You'll hear him talk about that in the interview. Just a super classy kid, really nice family, um, definitely a ton of talent and I think the intelligence to be able to learn the craft. So uh, I enjoyed doing this interview. He's uh, obviously an uh, indie-based young man, um, trains at PitFit. We talked about that, too, a little bit. So it should be be a good interview for everybody to hear, I think, and I'm looking forward to uh, letting our audience get to know Ayrton Houck a little bit because I think he's a name we're going to be hearing more about as uh, the next couple of years go by. We'll
1: step back from the microphones and uh, give you guys a few minutes with Ayrton Houck.
2: Ayrton Houck, I know that uh, you are still celebrating a victory that uh, you had actually this past weekend, and I think that's a great place for us to start with this interview here on Motorsports Madness. Uh, You went to Anderson Speedway with your Kenyan midget and ended up uh, taking home the checkered flag, and number one, I love that series. Number two, I love, love, love Anderson Speedway. Tell us, first of all, real quick, what is a Kenyan midget? And then talk about uh, driving it in the wind at Anderson.
11: So a Kenyon Midget is a specially designed midget from John Kenyon, powered by a 1,200cc inline 4 engine. They're a little bit smaller and slower than the USAC Midgets that a lot of people know, but uh, that doesn't mean that they're not still a handful. It's a short wheelbase on a short track powered by about 75 horsepower, 175 horsepower that's my bad yeah um and uh they're still pretty quick cars um driving around anderson is quite fun it's really difficult there going into a turn at about 90 93 miles an hour um driving around anderson it's pretty historic knowing uh, a lot of people have grown up and gone through the ranks of anderson speedway sure uh, i also got a chance to race with uh a little 500 racer um kyle hamilton and he won a couple years ago so it was just a great experience to go back there and race again
2: oh i'm sure it was and uh, i'm sure you had a lot of fun doing that uh and it's it gives you kind of a little bit of diversity in your racing schedule uh this year to be running that series talk a little bit about what you're running this year the different types of cars and so forth and then we'll kind of go back to the beginning and talk about how you got started
11: Okay, so this year we're running a dual car series. I'm racing both Formula 1600s and uh, Mel Kenyon Midgets for Brad Hayes Racing. He's out of Pendleton, Indiana. Yeah. Um, It'll kind of help me get prepared for later on in the ladder because we're planning on going up through the road to Indy. And uh, throughout that uh, ladder, there's both oval courses and road courses.
2: It's a great idea for you to get some oval course racing. I don't see a lot of the road to Indy kids doing that. And I think that uh, even though there are different types of cars, I think all experience on track is translatable in some way or another. And so I think what you're doing is great. Talk about the road course stuff that you're doing in a little more detail.
11: Yeah, of course. So we're racing a Formula 1600 for Brad Hayes Racing. It's an open wheel, no aerodynamics. It's extremely similar to the Formula Fords raced all over the world. Yeah. Um, my first race is next weekend at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course for the FRP Pro Series. Oh, nice. I'm really looking forward to that. And then we're hoping to kind of get some recognition and go into the Team USA scholarship
2: oh. at the end
11: of the next year
2: tell us about that what is the for those who don't know in our audience what's the team usa scholarship
11: so the team usa scholarship there's usually three or four americans chosen to go over to europe and race formula fords for usa and get their names out spread uh over in europe
2: nice well, that would be fun. Um, okay, I want to go back for a second, all the way to the beginning. How did Ayrton Hauck get interested in motorsports in the first place and kind of walk us through in a, you know maybe a couple of minutes, walk us through your career to date?
11: Yeah, of course. So my dad started racing go-karts when he was in college. He went to Purdue University, which got him hooked on the Purdue Grand Prix. Oh, sure. And um, he kind of started me in racing when I was four years old with some off-road motorcycles and I started seeing pictures of him and I saw go-karts and I was like that looks amazing I really want to try those out so sixth grade he bought me my first go-kart and we went racing in go-karts we made it up through go-karts I ended up winning the 2019 SIRA championship and then after that year, we went to the Lucas Oil School of Racing shootout and Sebring, and that kind of is my first step into a car. Okay. And I noticed I was lacking some ability to drive with suspension and body roll, which got us hooked on the idea of racing a Kenyan Midget, which would be a short wheelbase and be a handful which would really help me learn some more about the car handling capabilities.
2: Yeah, and that's good because obviously go-karts can teach you a lot, but there is no suspension. So it's a whole different thing when you have to start, you know, learning about how, as you say, body roll and, and the different aspects of a suspended race car versus uh, versus a go-kart type car um, kind of like when you race a quarter midget you don't get a whole lot of experience using your left foot because you very rarely break sure. until you get to some of the faster classes so um it's uh it's just a, a another level of of craft of your craft that you're trying to develop there um so talk about your favorite kinds of racing i mean um it, i know indycar is your goal and uh, definitely pulling for you to make that goal. That's, uh, that's a challenge for sure. But uh, oh, yeah. um, is that your favorite kind of racing to watch? Or what other kinds of racing do you enjoy? Yeah,
11: so IndyCar would definitely be my number one favorite kind of racing. But I also enjoy watching like sports car and IMSA. And uh, I watch a few NASCAR races here and there. Um, I've also seen some MotoGP races. Those are really interesting to watch. But IndyCar would definitely be one of my favorite categories. Yeah, it's
2: uh IndyCar is amazing. Um, especially on the uh, the faster ovals. I, I grew up in the seventies, so I'm partial to the uh high speed daredevil kind of stuff, and I think that's really where the indie car shines is when you're pushing it to its limit. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh what you do when you're not racing. I'm sure that like a lot of the other up-and-coming drivers in the ladder to indy uh you probably do a lot with physical fitness and training um conditioning talk about that a little bit and talk about uh other hobbies or other things you enjoy when you're not in the race car
11: yeah so right now i'm training four times a week at pit fit training it's on the northwest side of indianapolis yeah and at Pit Fit, you get both physical and cognitive training. There's cardio, strength, reaction time, vision training. It's really got the perfect setup to uh, breed the next generation of race car drivers, as well as keep the uh, current generation of race car drivers fit and ready for anything that the car can uh, throw at them.
2: And, I know and then I was going to say, uh, let me—I I know that you actually have have trained with. Uh, you know, some of the top drivers in IndyCar like Scott Dixon, uh, it, that's, that's got to be really interesting to be able to at least um, casually conversate with those gentlemen, even if uh, you don't get a lot of time to go have lunch and hang out.
11: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing being able to walk in there and work out with some of the best people in your class. And seeing the greatest drivers uh, of today working out right alongside of you.
2: Absolutely. And it legitimizes everything that you're doing with PitFit as well. Uh, Okay, back to your hobbies.
11: So right now, I've got a pretty full schedule with hobbies. Um, In the wintertime, I like to go snowboarding. Uh, Summertime, I enjoy still um, racing and riding off-road motorcycles as well as bicycles. Um, I enjoy working on my truck. Uh, I have a job. I make uh, I make pizzas at Cortona's Italian restaurant. Oh, nice! Yeah, and uh, I just enjoy being outside and doing things with my hands. I'm a really hands-on kind of person.
2: And uh, making goofy videos with Jack W. Miller too. I know that's yeah. Why. <laughs> man, if the two of you were, were if the two of you were ever in a school class together, that poor teacher wouldn't have a chance. Uh, yeah, it's
11: unfortunate we don't go to the same school. I really enjoy hanging out with him.
2: <laughs> he's a, he's definitely a, a fun uh, young man to follow on yeah. uh, Instagram for sure. Uh, and I know a very talented racer. Too nice uh, oh, family he comes from. So okay, let's do a little bit of. Uh, what what we basically call quick reaction here, okay? So this is the first thing that you think of, uh, first answer you think of to these questions. Uh, it's kind of like a rapid-fire sort of thing. So since you make pizza, I'll start with this. Pineapple or no pineapple?
11: No pineapple, never. I like you. Okay. Um, <laughs> favorite food? Steak, medium rare. <laughs> we agree again.
2: Favorite drink?
11: Probably Coke for like um, soda and then body armor for when I'm training.
2: Okay. Um, If you could only keep three apps and only three apps on your phone and that's it, what are the three apps you're keeping? Um, Snapchat, Instagram, and YouTube. Bucket list race that you would like to run before your career is over, I'm going to throw the Indy 500 out because we already know that's where you're to uh, go. Out. Outside of Indy, because we know that's true. Bucket list besides it.
8: There
2: you go. That's uh, That would be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, would you rather have cake or ice cream? Ice cream. What
11: flavor? Vanilla. With Fav- chocolate syrup.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. I Pretty can dig simple. that. I can dig that. Uh, if there were a sandwich named
11: after you, what would be on it?
0: Ooh. Um uh,
11: pepperoni, salami, provolone cheese, lettuce, tomato.
2: If you could play one character in any past or present movie, any movie that's ever been made, if you could play one character, what would it be?
11: Ricky Bobby. <laughs>
2: How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> good stuff. Okay. Uh, where can fans uh, follow you if they want to uh, keep track of what you're doing in your career? Uh, tell me about uh, website, social media, all that good stuff.
11: Yeah, gotcha. So my social media is right now on Instagram, it's at Ayrton.houck.racing. On Facebook, it's AMH Racing. And my website is AyrtonHouckRacing.com. And that's Hauk,
2: H-O-U-K, Ayrton Hauk. Yeah. Uh, Ayrton, it's been a pleasure to uh, have a quick conversation with you here on uh, The Madness and uh, certainly look forward to uh, keeping track of what you're doing and uh, go win something else
11: big so we can get you back on again (laughs) soon. I would love to come back. Thank you so much, Tom. It was great talking with you. Thanks, Ayrton.
1: So in the about uh, 30 seconds we have left in this segment, my takeaway is, number one, I completely disagree, Tom, with both you and Ayrton. Pineapple on pizza is okay. But other than that, number one, it was a great interview. Number two, I love hearing young racers that are well-spoken and have a really uh, really good sense for what they want out of their career and we can continue uh, we can continue on that track of things in the course of our uh, next segment here as we transition towards the top of the hour we're going to step aside take a commercial break when we return even more motorsports madness don't go anywhere
6: how to be a great dad in 15 seconds
9: Hey, this is Reed Wilson and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Yeehaw.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Seth Eggert still with you, and at this round table, at least I have backup, because Peter agrees with me about pineapple on pizza. But that's beside the point. Tom, we want to say a thank you to our uh, friends at My Computer Career for what they do to make this show possible, and, well, if... Anybody listening to this show needs a first career, second career, change in career, or just wants to get involved in the field of IT, our friends at My Computer Career know how to help them
2: out. My Computer Career definitely could be a way to uh, kind of relaunch your life a little bit. Uh, and it's really easy to get information about them. Just go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test. If you decide that IT might want to be a career for you, something you'd like to pursue, well, they have financial aid available if you qualify, including the GI Bill. Training is easy, one to two days a week online, that's it. And in about four to six months, you could be on your way to a brand new career. It is not rocket science. You don't even have to be a math or science whiz or a computer whiz for that matter. It's my computer career, it's training for a better life. There are over a quarter of a million jobs in the IT field still up for grabs in the US and it's a field that's gonna continue to grow despite the economic challenges of our time so go visit mycomputercareer.edu training for a better life and we want to thank them for all that they do for all of us on these shows particularly
1: motorsports madness indeed they are the uh, presenting partner of this show and we do appreciate all of their support uh, and No, I have not had to be rebooted on this show, at least as of yet. Knock on wood, because I have a wooden desk next to me, and I can do that. Coming up on this edition of Motorsports Madness, we will uh, continue to look a little further back at the talladega weekend that was and then start looking ahead towards uh that that place where dorothy and toto are not i.e kansas this weekend because well not only is clint boyer in the booth now and that's undoubtedly going to be entertaining but you know we've got nine winners in ten races and that means we could get to double digits as soon as this weekend back with more madness right after this
6: how to be a great dad in 15 seconds
10: It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com.
12: He wanted to be known for doing his best. right. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike to
3: Connor. Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: I can dig some blues hour, bringing us into the second half of Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. If you're just joining us, welcome. If you're still joining us, well, we're glad you're still here. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert, Peter Strata remain around the round table. And as we uh, get closer to digging into the second half, of our program we uh, had a great chat with Ayrton Houck in the first hour of the show that in, if you missed it you can go back later on the uh, race chaser soundcloud or pretty much any podcast platform and catch up on that as well as some conversation about the cup series at Talladega coming up in this show we're going to chat about the uh, nascar xfinity series race at talladega my brain went to trucks because trucks are in kansas this weekend but we don't get to do uh... trucks at talladega until the fall uh, so anyway, that being said, uh, we do have more Talladega conversation, including uh, the latest update, by the way, Tom, on Derek Lancaster, who was uh, injured in a very fiery crash during the ARCA race that was the first race of the weekend on Saturday afternoon, and, and my, uh, my heart sunk when I saw that crash. You, you never like to see an incident like that, especially with as much fire as there was.
2: I have not seen a car erupt in flames quite that severely in a long, long time, especially in a NASCAR type race. I know it's an ARCA race, but that, that type of a stock car, um, just really incredible. Honestly, uh, again, the good news is that he's off the ventilator. He's got a long road to recovery because he had some pretty bad burns. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully we can get Derek back in the car soon, um, Jacob. If if not even before the end of the year, maybe next year. Uh, I know he's going to want to come back if he can. So uh, we're just all praying for Derek and. Uh, Uh, For a full recovery, and you know, hopefully we see him back in the race car soon. That was nasty from leading to that. That was just uh, awful.
1: It was Uh, Corey Heim, by the way, holding off 65-year-old Dave Mater III for the win. By about eight one hundredths of a second in that race, Corey going two for two on the Arca Super Speedways. By the way, if you think I haven't got, uh, if you think I haven't gotten up on my soapbox enough yet, we've also got the All Star format that we'll talk about later in this show. First, some business. Back with more madness after this.
7: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
6: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
3: Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Peter Strada, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert, still with you as we continue to talk racing. And before I climb back up on my soapbox on this show, I want to get takeaways, Peter, from the Xfinity Series race that was rain shortened but... Let's all be real here. Uh, We're just glad we managed to get it in Saturday or enough of it in to be an official race after I think we were all prepared for a washout based on the forecast. And for once, the the weather was wrong and it, it was kind of a nice feeling.
3: Yeah, I think the forecast, even Friday night, called for a 100% chance of rain all day. So to get in 90 of the 113 laps for Xfinity, along with all of ARCA, that certainly is no small feat. And yes, we always hate races being cut short by rain, but when it's a first-time winner and someone as deserving as Jeb Burton taking Colleague back to victory lane, you just love to see it. I've wanted Jeb to win in this series for well over a year now, and I'm glad it finally happened.
1: I think there are a lot of people glad that it finally happened. But, uh, Seth, I'm going to steal your nickname here, So, I, and I've said it now, so at least I'm giving <laughs> you partial credit. But, Tom, Colleg Racing is officially the Rain Brigade. Uh, Seth and I came to that agreement the other day because you've got Justin Haley, who, albeit it wasn't in a colleague car, won a Cup Series race in the rain-slash-lightning. You've got Jeb Burton, who's now won a rain-shortened race in a colleague car. And you've got A.J. Almendinger, who won in a monsoon at the Charlotte Roval last fall. So, needless to say, whenever there's weather in the forecast, Colleg
2: racing likes it. Well, I think actually, you could take that uh, that skill, if you will, or that gift. And I think uh, Haley's still technically small enough to be a jockey. Maybe somebody maybe colleagues should enter him in a uh, on a horse for the Kentucky Derby this weekend.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there is no Xfinity race, so he doesn't have to be in Kansas. I suppose they could do that if they really wanted Seth.
9: They could, they could, uh, but the other thing I do want to point out, of course, Collig Racing, who is owned by Matt Collig, who also owns a gutter protection company, is the team that's winning all of the rain-shortened races
8: lately.
1: There is that, too. I mean, it it all fits, doesn't it? It just makes sense. Uh, Tom takeaways, though, from this Xfinity race. I made the point when I was watching it on Saturday, for the most part, up until the tail end when everybody knew the rain was coming and lost their minds, everybody minded their P's and Q's most of the day, and it was a much cleaner race than we've become accustomed to for Xfinity at Talladega in the last few years.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. That's 100% true. We really, you know, we didn't see you know, a big, big one. We kind of saw a a mini version of it, but uh, we didn't see a a huge big one like we normally do. Um, I mean, my first takeaway is that um, although I'm really happy for Jeb Burton to get a win, I was crushed that we didn't get to see the finish because, of course, you know, Super Speedway Racing is known for its dramatic endings, and I really to get that close then have it rain was just uh, doubly depressing, in my opinion. Uh, But you know, it was still a great race and an enjoyable one. And again, I think, you know, what we're seeing in the Xfinity series this year, guys, is that, um, and I'll go back to Jacob here and let him toss where he wants to. But um, I think what we're seeing here is that unlike the past couple of years where you've had maybe three or four guys that have truly dominated most of the races, um this year it's much more wide open you've you've got uh, a lot more cars that seem to be able to compete for wins a lot more names and of course when you get to a super speedway jacob like we had it you know talladega this past weekend it's all bets are off uh almost anybody can win and you start seeing some guys have good runs uh it was nice to see uh, a couple of the jd motorsports guys up there for example colby howard runs some laps and uh, ryan vargas was up there and um you know, So it's it's fun this year to watch the Xfinity Series because really, you never know who's going to win from run, one race to the next or who might uh, show up and surprise you that you wouldn't even pick in the top five. So this has been a real intriguing season in the Xfinity Series so far for, for me, uh, Jacob. I don't think we're done yet with
1: it, honestly. Uh, Peter, when, neither. You, when you consider that... We're where we are now, uh, eight, nine races into the year. We've had the winners that we've had. And yet you consider those who won last year that are back in the series that haven't yet won this year, like a Justin Haley, like a Brandon Jones. It gets really, really muddy, really, really quick when it comes to that playoff picture.
3: Absolutely. I mean, we're eight races into the season. We've seen four first-time winners, and I don't think we're done seeing first-time winners with guys like Daniel Hemrick, who have yet to win in this series. So, with no big three, with no Chase Briscoe this year, I think the field of potential winners week in and week out and potential championship contenders is really wide open.
1: Can Brandon Brown, you think, Tom pick up a win during the regular season. I feel like that 68 team is one that we've been talking about a lot more recently. I know you've got Noah Gregson in the nine car that's yet to win. Michael Annette, we know knows how to get to victory lane, but Brandon Brown to me is a driver that sticks out as a, you know, he could in the right opportunity make something happen here.
2: Well, anything is possible. I mean, I, you know, again, there there are a lot of guys You look at Noah, you look at um, somebody like a Justin Haley or or somebody like that that you're used to seeing, you know, run for wins. And
1: Riley Herbst is is another one
2: that comes to mind. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, when you get to the road course, you've got a number of drivers that could be tough. We watched Jeremy Clements win. I, I feel like, though, with respect to Brandon Brown, I think they've kind of, They've gotten to the point where I think they've gone from a solid top 10 to 15 team to a solid top 7 to 12 team. And not to say that they can't win a race. I think it would have to be somewhat circumstantial because I don't think, Jacob, that they have quite enough speed to just go win on, say, you know, a mile and a half track versus, you know, the, the Gibbs cars and such. But, but I do think that in a, in a, in a special circumstance um, on a road course, on a short track, you know, a super speedway, I think you could see him win. And, you know, again, that's a team that I feel like it's going to just keep getting better. Doug Randolph's got him on the right track. Uh, no pun intended. And um, as they shore up each part of their program, I feel like, you know, 22, maybe you see them get to a point where they can really contend for wins, Jacob. But I just don't know if they're quite there yet without some circumstances to help them.
1: Seth, in about a minute here, we come upon our first road course of the season coming up in May uh, Circuit of the Americas jumps out at us pretty quickly uh, and you have a dark horse for a potential road course win in this Xfinity conversation. We know that obviously the Xfinity series uh, up until this year was always you know more road courses than anybody else.
9: Yeah, I'm looking at Jade Buford in uh, the Big Machine Records car. Uh, they have quietly been improving, and this is his first season, the team's first season. They're already running top 20 somewhat consistently, and with his road course background, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, whether it's Coda or another road course, if he sneaks into the top five, maybe challenges for a win.
1: I think it would have to really be uh, either a strategy call or the right situation, but I do like that team possibly for a top 10 on a road course, given, uh, you're right, his extensive background, Seth, in sports car racing, Uh, and and I think we know the Xfinity Series always, Tom, uh, brings out those uh, potential road course ringers for the amount of races that we have on those circuits.
2: Yeah, I agree, and and I mean, you know, I I don't I'm not sure that I totally agree with Seth, but I'll tell you one driver that could get it done on a road course. He hasn't even been in the car yet, but when we get to the second half of the season, if there's road courses there for him to run, and I think we have the Roval at least in that in that span. Sam Mayer in the uh, eight car for Junior Motorsports is a phenomenal road course racer it wouldn't surprise me at all to see sam get a win in that car before the season's out
1: no it wouldn't and he's running trans am i believe this weekend as well we're going to step aside and come back with more motorsports madness after this
7: here's an important message from rad and this station
8: hi this is bob sheehan from blues traveler for rad recording artists against junk driving I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you.
4: Motorsport sales professionals.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert, Peter Strata, still with you. And now I am going to climb back on my soapbox for this segment and uh, very loudly proclaim the following. Dear NASCAR, I go to the racetrack to see a race, not to have to do math in the middle of my race. Uh, Of course, that means we're talking about the uh, very strange, very unusual, bizarre NASCAR All-Star Race format in this segment that was revealed on NASCAR Race Hub on FS1 on Wednesday. And apparently, since I need a math tutor to help figure this out, Seth, you're hired. Now explain to the people what on earth we're doing for a million bucks in Texas.
9: Well, we have six rounds, 100 laps total. The first four rounds are 15 laps each. Round five is 30 laps. The final round is a 10-lap shootout. And oh, by the way, only green flag laps count. If you're still following me, the first round uh, is determined by a random draw for a starting position. The second round, between the top eight and the top 12 will be inverted via a random draw. Round three, everyone will be inverted. Round four, back to the top eight or top 12. Then round five is the cumulative finish from rounds one to four. Lowest lowest of all those combined starts on the pole, second lowest second, and so on. And then... Final round is the finishing positions of round five.
1: Okay. Somehow, Tom, he managed to make this sound a little bit simpler than what it actually is. My problem is, that still took more than a minute to explain. And in my book, that makes it too
2: complicated. Well, I agree. (laughs) Hundred percent, I agree. It's it's kind of like uh, algebra two, um, which I stunk at. Um, I just uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's okay, I guess. But you know, the problem is that the fans are not going to know what to expect because. You know it's fifteen laps at a time for the most part till we get into the last couple segments, and that's easy to understand. but it's the you know, spin the wheel, don't spin the wheel, invert the whole thing, invert eight to twelve, invert. it's it, i I don't understand why all of that mess there, why there isn't I think you know first of all, i I don't know that fifteen laps is long enough to really do a whole lot of racing at Texas. Um but it I, I guess they're determined to to keep it short enough so nobody really gets time to run away or whatever. But um I just feel like all the inversion and all of that, if there's if there's no sort of I would I would like to see a couple hundred thousand to win each segment or something. I think you gotta put you gotta put big money on the line to actually win each of the segments. And then I think you get something that um, we'll race a little better. But again, with these cars, you're, I don't think we've had a good all-star race, honestly, in a large number of years. And these cars are so bad in, in that way that they even managed to screw up doing it at Bristol, which should have been a short track throwdown, but it wasn't because, again, the, these cars just, you know, you just can't pass. So I I, I feel like um, it, for me... It's just kind of a, you know, a, bu- a buffet of a mess, and um, you know I'll watch it, of course, but it's kind of you know uh, I'm gonna have to keep something in front of me telling me what's coming up next. Uh, it's just too confusing for its own good, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, Peter, and the other problem that I have with this, by the way, is how many of us have been preaching horsepower. We want more horsepower. We need more horsepower to make the racing good. And then NASCAR goes, more horsepower, you say? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cut it from 550 horsepower to 510 like they have at Daytona and Talladega. Uh...
3: Well, I can... Rest assured, all of you, for anyone freaking out about math, that's why Larry McReynolds and Bob Poggers exist, to uh, have their calculators be smoking, <laughs> so we can all try and make some sense of the Texas All-Star Race when it comes up in a couple of months here, as I believe the last race on Fox. So I'm excited to see that.
1: I'm looking forward to it, too. But, Tom, I just... It, it's tough enough when we're already basically flat footing around these mile and a half tracks at f- at 550 horsepower. You t- you suck out 40 more, and these cars are literally going to be like slot
2: cars. Yeah, I just I don't know, Seth. I just don't get it. I mean, you're 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 doing all this goofy switcheroo and whatever. I mean, I'm wondering if when we spin the wheel, I mean, can we buy a vowel, or you know, if you go bankrupt, do you have to? pull out of the race i mean what you know can we get vanna white to do the spinning i have no idea what what all that's about um and i certainly don't like less horsepower we actually need more horsepower i realize that your passenger cars of the day have less horsepower i get that that's what we got to do most of the time but man oh man i don't know why we need less than 550 i, I do not get what nascar is doing here
9: uh, neither you are, but uh, a couple of things one peter thanks for including me in that uh, Two, I think uh, what happened is they allowed Steve Lovander's, uh random generator to generate this format. Good God. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, I almost feel like they're trying too hard to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Granted, is the All-Star Race the place to experiment? Yes. Should they be doing everything all at once in one race? Probably not.
1: And yet, here we are. <laughs> that, that's basically what it comes down to. So it's its going to be something. Now, that being said, uh, I don't remember, Seth, if you said this or not. If you didn't, uh, in regards to segment five, there is one thing here that I do like, and that's the fact there's a mandatory four-tire pit stop, Tom, in segment five that the fastest pit crew on pit road gets a hundred thousand bucks to me that's the kind of caveat to this all-star race that i can get behind it's like the old uh the old pit stop or pit crew competition that they used to have during all-star week that really what i felt like was a fan uh, a fan favorite for the years that they did that
2: yeah now see that's what i'm saying too now i'm not crazy about pit stops in these shorter races i i you know i I just anymore and i'm not crazy about segments either i'd rather just have one you know 25 or 30 lap dash or whatever 50 lap sprint and be done with it um kind of the the way they originally did the clash but if you're going to involve the pit crews then yes just like i'm saying give the drivers an incentive to win every single segment You know, throw a couple hundred thousand, a quarter of a million a segment or something, um, you know, make it big. And, you know, so they're not going to hang back. They're not going to, you know, whatever, sandbag, um, play the invert game, make them run to win and make the pit crews work. And that's I love it that somebody's pit crew is going to split a couple hundred grand. I think that's awesome. And it, it justifies having the pit stop is something other than just being for position. Um, You're actually, you've got some incentive to bring your A game. And, you know, I think that's great because the pit crews don't get a lot of big money opportunities like that. So I'm all in favor of that, Seth.
9: Yeah, and it's something I almost think NASCAR may have gotten this idea from Noah Gregson because after Martinsville, when Noah won uh, the dash for cash, he had said, he was going to give it to the pit crew, which, by the way, for Noah Gregson, won the Dash for Cash again at Talladega, except at first they couldn't find the check, so they wrote it down on a paper plate and gave it to him. <laughs>
1: That may have been the single best thing I've ever seen in my life during a post-race press conference, by the way. But uh, he did donate that $100,000 back to his crew as well. And, Tom, we got about two minutes left in this segment. I think it poses an interesting point. I think we're seeing a little bit of a turn in Noah Gregson almost uh, just kind of— Maybe some softening around the edges a little bit as he's started to mature, but there's so much respect for me for what he's doing for his crew guys and recognizing that it's not all about him when it comes to these uh these race bonuses and stuff like that you know really i I really appreciate uh, what somebody like him is doing uh, for during this dash for cash
2: well, he did that last year too when he won it um he i think it was also at martinsville in fact um he won the first dash for cash and he he donated it to the uh or gave it to the crew. Um you know Noah's always been a very generous guy when it comes to that stuff and and you know look I mean Noah is you know he's kind of cut from a different cloth and I think we all recognize that his personality is unique and, and that you know he kind of wants to be a bit more of a you know a free spirit. Um I just think there are you know, times when you, you can do that without some of the poor decisions that Noah's made in terms of how you sort of manifest that. And I think, um, you know, if Noah kind of grows into his his feet a little bit or into the, you know, the role um of of the um professional athlete that he's that he's trying to be, I mean I think he's cup championship talent. I really do. I just think, you know, again, sometimes he um, he he speaks before he thinks, and I don't want to totally take that out of him. I just I I would love to see him kind of just be a little bit more uh, selective about about how he kind of puts that personality out there. Going into the campground and jumping into somebody's pool is a great idea, you know. Fighting on pit road, maybe not so much.
1: <laughs> Indeed, and uh, I think it's going to be fun to uh, watch the uh, the continued growth there over uh, the next couple of months and even the next couple of years. Going to take another break. IndyCar and Fantasy coming up.
4: That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up your career.
1: Hi, this is Derek Kroos, and you're listening to Race
0: Chaser Radio.
1: Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Seth Eggert, Peter Strada, Tom Baker, still with you on the program as we close in On the checkered flag, I teased it before the break. Tom, want to talk a little bit of IndyCar racing since we're now a couple of races deep, Uh, coming off a race at the Streets of St. Petersburg in Florida, and actually a decent amount of news coming out of that weekend, even before. The green flag, when you consider willpower, has a contract extension with Team Penske. The late Dan Weldon's two sons are now uh, young development drivers with Andretti Autosport. And that's even before California transplant-turned-Floridian Colton Herta decided he was just going to stomp all over the field on Sunday and just ran away and hid for a victory, uh, which I feel like gives that team a ton of momentum.
2: Yeah. Well, you gave me a lot to uh, try to, try to, uh, unpack there. So I'm just going to pick the herd apart and then we can go into discussing the news. Um, because you know, the race itself was not the greatest in my opinion, but St. Pete rarely is. In fact, most of the street courses aren't, um, but, Colton Hurd has certainly put on a show, and we know that this is a kid that is not just a potential star. This kid is a potential superstar, second-generation racer. Uh, really developing nicely in terms of his craft. He doesn't make a lot of silly mistakes, doesn't take himself out of many races. This is a driver who definitely has some momentum going into the month of May and into Indy. And, you know, we've got a road course race, obviously, before the 500. I think the, I think Herda has a chance to go on a bit of a run here, but of course there's going to be a ton of competition but, yeah, he's definitely got some momentum, and I'm real excited about his potential future. I've seen some talk on social media, Jacob, about F1 and Colton Herta. I personally don't think... Anyone in F1 really much cares at this point um, about Colton Herta, and I would hope not, frankly, because uh, I'd like to see Colton Herta stay right where he is for a good bunch of years and just see how good and how many wins and how, what kind of a record he can amass because this kid is something special.
1: He really is. I mean, uh, Seth, I think we can all agree that performance that he put together Sunday afternoon was easily the finest performance I've seen out of him in his IndyCar career, and he's still so young. I mean, this is just the beginning for him. He's already equaled the total wins uh, his dad had in, his in in Brian's entire career, and I think there's a lot of people after Sunday and watching what he did talking championship when it comes to Colton Herta.
9: He can very, very easily run away with this thing. I mean, um, unless Newgarden or someone wins the Indy Five Hundred and herda has a couple bad races, there's. I, I I have a feeling he's just gonna run away with it. And as far as him possibly having a chance, maybe in Formula One, if with the right team, if they come calling, I only I almost think he would be, maybe the most successful American in F1 at least since Mario Andretti.
1: I think there's a lot of people talking that way, and, and according to uh, some comments that Colton had made, um, or that Michael uh, Andretti had made, rather, there has been some interest in a possible uh, Road to F1 when it comes to Colton and and Michael said point blank Sunday you know if somebody like Ferrari comes calling I'm not going to stand on his way if it were if it were a backmarker team he goes yeah maybe I would I would you know say hey I really want to keep you but just just kind of some interesting comments there now Tom I mentioned that uh, Will Power got a contract extension that was about all that was good during Will Power's weekend we're used to seeing him be a force to be reckoned with on the streets of saint petersburg and really it i felt like it was an off day for the entirety of team penske in this race
2: yeah i agree um and i also think that i thought it was kind of surprising honestly that he got the extension i I uh it's not that I think Will's lost any of his ability of course but I just Roger Penske seems to eventually get to a point with his drivers where they get to a certain age and he just kind of goes and finds the latest young talent um so it must be that he just uh either thinks Will's got plenty of gas left in the tank or just doesn't see anybody out there you know, young talent-wise that he's really courting um, over the course of the next year because I don't see any of the other drivers unless you're going to get rid of someone like a Simon Pagino. um, I don't see any of Penske's other drivers going anywhere anytime soon. So um, it was good for Will Power, and certainly I think Will's uh, got a— uh, a few good years at least left. So uh, I was a little surprised by that, obviously, but uh, I'm happy to see it.
1: I'll respond to that uh, and and make the point, by the way, that the one driver who is also in a contract year that we've already thought was out at Team Penske once, Tom, was Simon Pagino. And Pagino doesn't seem 100% convinced of of returning at least at this point now that's not to say he you know if he goes in and sweeps the month of may again like he did a few years ago that he won't stick around but uh i think that that's the big question mark right now
2: yeah it could be that's why i mentioned it but i I, again i just i think simon's younger than will too if i'm not mistaken isn't he they're about the same age i think will turn
1: 40 and simon's maybe a year younger
2: yeah i mean you know again i just uh i think roger hopefully he would stand pat i believe in simon pagino and and i again you know he struggled a little bit uh over the last couple of years but really except for new garden and the occasional flash from uh willpower penske in general hasn't been quite as dominant as they're used to being so you know i think um I think they've got a solid lineup there, and bringing Will back definitely keeps that going. Um, looking forward to seeing what that bunch will do at Indy, but I think they're going to have more competition at Indy than they've had in quite a while, and I just hope that uh, Indy Carr gives the, uh, the boys a good package where we can see a lot of passing in the race again like we're used to because the last couple 500s have been a little bit less exciting than in the, than in the past.
1: Peter, how impressed have you been with Roman Grosjean and what uh, the former Haas F1 driver has shown in the uh, Dale Coyne-Rick Ware entry through the first couple road courses of the season? I know the, the, the results don't necessarily fully reflect the amount of speed and the consistency that they've shown throughout the course of a race weekend. His qualifying performances, I feel like, have been extremely impressive so far.
3: Results only tell so much, and Groshan is having an outstanding season so far for a rookie. Only two races in, he finished uh, 13th on the streets of St. Petersburg, and just with more repetition, more laps in the car, just learning the courses and the package that's under him, I'm sure towards the end of the season we'll see him more up in the top 10, maybe challenging for podiums.
1: I I like the thought of that. I mean, I've believed in uh, Roman's talent as a driver and just felt like he was saddled with a really bad lot in F1. So it's been cool to see him uh, succeed right now uh, over here with uh, Dale Coyne and and Rick Ware and and been nice to see that Coyne bunch as a whole uh, really bounce back with a couple of Uh, solid cars between Ed Jones and what Grosjean has shown in the second entry. I do want to circle around to fantasy here because we have, uh, by the way, uh, we we may uh, pick the ARCA race on air just for fun, but it won't be part of the points that we tally every week. Uh, It is a doubleheader on Saturday with ARCA and the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and then the Cup Race on Sunday afternoon, and I'm going to very quickly pull up the points to make sure that I have this list right, but I do know very, very easily that uh, Talladega was bad to me and I stink, so I'm almost... uh, certainly picking first here and i i have to make ground uh, long story short it's me then seth just above me then peter just above seth and then tom uh noah and nick up at the top three uh nick de groot is now leading by more than a race which doesn't make me happy i have to make up points i'm going to do it like this <laughs> very easy Kyle Busch in the truck race, Martin Truex Jr. in the cup race, mile-and-a-half Martin will be back, Seth. That's pretty much all there is to it. I, if I can't make up points doing that this weekend, uh, I, I may as well just mail it in and uh, give up hope for the rest of the season at this point because I didn't fall, I, I, I fell off bad at the end of the year last year, but the start to this year that I've had is just painful right now.
9: Well. For me, uh, I'm similar with the points right now. So uh, I'm going with Kyle Busch in the truck race, and I am going with Denny Hamlin in the cup race. I think Denny breaks is a top three streak with a win.
1: All right, Peter Strada, what do you think?
3: I'll agree with Seth in both races. Kyle Busch will take an easy win in the trucks, and race 11 of the year will go to the FedEx 11 of Denny Hamlin.
1: Ah, so Peter's getting behind the numerology. Okay, Tom, you are the highest among those of us at the round table tonight. Uh, What says your crystal ball?
2: My crystal ball says the Candyman, Cowbush, gets off the schneid and gets the win this weekend at Kansas. In both races. That's right.
1: I'm picking the Cowbush sweep. Okay, we uh, and. Seth, correct me if I'm wrong on numbers, but this is his second-to-last truck race this year,
9: fourth of five? I believe so, yes.
1: I think that's great. Yep, Peter just con- Peter just confirmed as well. That is a yes. Okay, we'll go back around the table in the same order just because we can, and uh, because, I, as I said, I feel like it'll be fun to pick the ARCA race. I says that Corey Heim is not going to go back-to-back. I says that Ty Gibbs is going to put a stop to the Corey Heim freight train, and Ty Gibbs is going to win at Kansas in the uh, ARCA race that's part of the doubleheader, Seth.
9: I'm going to go a little outside the box. Uh, it will be a Venturini car, but not Corey Heim. I think maybe Derek Griffith pulls off the upset and takes a win.
1: I like Derek Griffith being back in a Venturini car this weekend. Uh, Derek is uh, is a top short-track talent. Uh, I think Tom and I have preached about that several times on uh, both this program and on Tom's Lead Lap show in the past. Peter Strada, who says uh, who gets the ARCA trophy?
3: I'm going with defending champion Brett Holmes. He won here a year ago, celebrated big last time here as champion. I believe he finished second back in the fall here. and I, He gets one position better this time. Brett Holmes
2: for the
1: win. Okay, Tom thoughts.
2: Oh, I uh I, since we're not losing anything if we uh go out on the limb a little bit, uh I love the idea of a Derek Griffith victory. And why not? He's raced there before uh for uh Venturini. So, I'm going to put uh not for Venturini, I'm sorry, raced uh, last Ch- uh, year. Chad Brian. Uh, Yeah, for uh, Chad Bryant, but um, he's got experience at Kansas. So I'm actually going to uh, pick Griffith as well, just uh, hoping that he gets a win. I I am definitely a big believer in him, and I'd love to see him be able to get enough funding to make a championship run in that series. I I like the
1: thought. I mean, obviously, a championship run at this point with the couple of races that he's missed uh, won't happen this year but uh, you know maybe for 22 if the opportunity is there I agree with Tom I would uh, I would love nothing more than to uh, have a chance to see Derek Griffith be able to make a championship run in the Arhamenard series it would be fun to watch. by the way uh, we mentioned that uh, Chad Bryant fielded Derek Griffith at Kansas last year if anybody's looking well what happened to Chad Bryant this year he's now over uh, helping Shepard GMS racing and uh, there arca program for 2021 so uh, that's where that kind of change and tie-in comes in with that said those are our picks you can agree disagree we may be totally wrong who knows we're going to take our final commercial break give it the white flag when we come back
4: parents your son or daughter has had their license for a while now but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road
5: being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental US. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at VictoryCustomTrailers.com.
0: Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety.
9: Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: White flag is out here on Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman leading the round table. We'll go back around it one more time to Tom Baker, then Peter Strata,
2: then Seth Eggert.
1: Final thoughts, gentlemen. Tom, you're first.
2: Well, I guess my final thought would be, number one, I continue to pray for Derek Lancaster, as we talked about uh, earlier in the show, and his recovery from the fiery crash in last weekend's ARCA race. And my other final thought would be, we're off to Kansas, (laughs) Toto!
1: Peter.
3: Yes, echoing Tom Stetton there, thoughts and prayers with the entire Lancaster family. I appreciate all the updates from his wife and just hoping and praying for his speedy recovery. And I'm also looking forward to Kansas. That racetrack is definitely aged like a fine wine since they repaved it about 10 years ago now. So
9: it's very racy, and I'm looking forward to it. Seth? Uh, again, echoing your thoughts about Derek Lancaster. Uh, although for me, racing may have been a little too real last week. Ketlowski won on iRacing, won in real life. Logano flipped on iRacing, flipped in real life.
1: There is that. Uh, Sometimes parallels are a little too realistic for comfort. My final thought, in addition to continued prayers for the Lancaster family, is also prayers for the Darland family as National Sprint Car Hall of Famer Dave Darland uh, was hospitalized for a minor stroke Last weekend. He is home uh, recovering with his family, uh, so that's good. Uh, the people's champ is the man. So, uh, uh, best wishes to Dave Darlin, Derek Lancaster. That's going to do it for this edition of Motorsports Madness. For Tom, Peter, Seth, I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall, and we'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to Motorsports Madness powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. You can be an IT professional in as little as four months. Visit mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test today. Motorsports Madness, a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsports content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit racechasermedia.com.